Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. My name is Rocky. Ed's name is M. We're talking about the Academy Awards, baby. Happy to be here. It's going to be a a, a nice breezy one. Um, we're just going to sort of go through the show, our thoughts on what went down, our thoughts on the winners, who, you know, who we might have wanted to see win. Um and uh yeah you know i mean we you know obviously on this show we had our uh i did the um the 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 pulpy awards a couple weeks ago but um what 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 was your sort of overall take on the year in film Uh, i think it was not as good as 2021 there were a few things i really liked uh i thought as an award show the oscars were kind of boring this year Mm -hmm. uh Things were not quiet enough on the Western Front. I'll say that. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll get into it, but I think there's sort of this. Um, in terms of the winners, I think there's this. It, it was this clear sort of like nexus point where, like you know, just just the the what wins an Oscar is different now. It's just like different different actors, different voices, different studios, all that. But there was still this idea with how they form formulated the show to deliver like something more classic. And um I think it sort of created this uh this this sort of uneasy kind of balance. I don't think it was the worst show, but I do think that like you you watch the Oscars for something to go wrong a little bit, <laughs> and not enough went wrong, in a way. No, it felt very safe mm-hmm. uh, from mm. the moment Jimmy Kimmel stepped on stage to the Best Picture announcement. Right, he parachuted on stage. Actually, you yeah, you came a little late for that part, but yeah, um, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> as host. Yeah, parachute is a very safe method to get on stage. That's true. It's actually you know fewer incidents than than walking on stage but um jimmy kimmel when when he got announced as the host it was like so they are you know it felt like they were really just like closing up like you know they it, it, it it's a strange thing because like of course they don't want more fights to break out <laughs> at the at the oscars but you know the idea that what they want is like the 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 show to go on without incident in the most comfortable way possible that's really not what you want no not at all uh, as a viewer definitely not what you want yeah and um i i felt like there are ways in which this was like a well put together show i think that like it was it was nicely done in terms of the um the just just the structure and i didn't think kimmel was like a was like a bad host i think he actually performed better with this show than he has with previous shows he did but um just a a, a little lackluster i think um you know it's sort of polarizing but i really liked the like first covid show that that steven soderbergh produced where like everything was just kind of fast and loose and it had a very different vibe from out and it was in like a train station. I liked that. <laughs> well, that's also Soderbergh fast and loose and fun. Yeah. And in a train station. Always. So, um, yeah, I guess we could just go through like what happened from, from beginning to end here and who won. I have like sort of a, a recap pulled up that I'm going to try to click through first. There was Kimmel's monologue, which was Okay. My main problem with him is like uh, there's so many jokes uh in in his bits that were really self-aware but when you're self-aware and then still not doing anything differently it's it's just boring and frustrating. Yeah, I totally feel that. And um there was the there's the thing during the monologue where he made uh he he took a dig at Babylon that everyone in the crowd sort of sort of jeered at. Um, it was like, uh, you know, you can, you could do things with movies that you can't do on TV. For instance, a TV show can't lose a hundred million dollars. It's the cast of Babylon here. They know about that. And then everyone started booing. And, um, <laughs> like, I do think that like last year with the, with the Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes show, there were like a lot of 
jokes that were like making fun of movies not making money that felt it, it felt very strange um but it's also a little <laughs> a little weird i love babylon i know a lot of people love babylon but um it was it was weird also to have him like make one pretty sensible joke about it and have everyone sort of sort of come at him for it <laughs> i'm glad you have babylon so um and there's the good one of the good bits of the night and there were a few was uh at the end of the monologue what do you well, well first of all i liked I, I think that the the Will Smith incident was addressed in like pretty w- well done and funny ways. And there's the bit in the monologue where he said like, uh, if if you assault anyone during this show, you will be awarded best actor and allowed to give a 19 minute speech. That was pretty funny. I was I was sort of dreading what Kimmel would do with that. It's uh, as harmless as a joke about the slap can be. Yeah, I think I think he, you know, handled it in a very um measured way, which is which again, is not always what you want from the Oscars, but in that particular case it was. Um and then the last joke of that was the 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 RR dancers uh dancing you off stage. Amazing. I'm always going to be happy about uh not to not to mention. Absolutely. So the first uh, winner of the night was um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio for animated feature. Absolutely delightful. Uh, yeah. I love to see Guillermo del Toro accepted the award. Yeah. And um, it was an expected win, which I think kind of speaks to just like the extent to which Disney is fucked right now. <laughs> like the like to to imagine like three years ago, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio being like the in t- the throughout the whole award season, just the juggernaut of the animated feature category. <laughs> yeah. I what the next one would be like Puss in Boots, but Right, yeah. I mean I mean, you know, they had Turning Red in there, which was like a really popular movie that people like. I like it a lot. But I th- I think I think it's just another one of those ways like you know their animated movies are getting crushed at the box office by Universal they're not winning awards their award season movies are not winning awards while A24 sweeps everything Marvel movies are bombing uh like like you could just run down the list and it's like they they're fucking up in every sector right now which I love to see Yeah yeah it is it's it's something interesting yeah, and I think Dwayne Johnson and uh, Emily Blunt pre- presented that award. Yeah, yeah, and there's just because Dwayne Johnson is so broad, mm-hmm. uh, there was so much salmon-colored silk on that stage. That's true. That's true. There was it was sort of taking up the whole frame. Yeah. Um, I read that his daughter helped him choose that uh, tuxedo mm-hmm. jacket, which you can tell. Yeah. It was, you know, that duo, they were obviously the stars of Jungle Cruise, which we've all which we're all familiar with. Um, but they really seemed unprepared in a way that a couple of the presenters did. Like there I I've read stuff about like how Kimmel had all these different contingencies for like whether or not Tom Cruise showed up or you know w- whether or not Lady Gaga showed up like l- like just you know all these different plans for for his stuff but it really seems like a lot of the presenters were you know caught like <laughs> like they didn't they, they they weren't really prepared with that pair specifically i was wondering if what they were saying was written at all just because there was no confidence uh, in in the delivery of the jokes, it was like I couldn't tell if it was a joke. Yeah, very strange. It was. It was also, as I said at the time, it is kind of crazy that after all that, Tom Cruise did not show up. <laughs> Good for him, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's his. He said that he was, you know, he is filming Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part Two, but. Chris McQuarrie, the director of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2, was there. So, <laughs> sort of a weird... And the rumor, there's a there's a sort of unsubstantiated rumor that, like, after, you know, Judd Apatow hosted the Directors Guild Awards and made a lot of jokes about Tom Cruise. And the rumor is that Tom Cruise heard that Judd Apatow consulted for Jimmy Kimmel's monologue 
Um, and so and so he skipped out because of that. I like the idea that Judd Apatow would be uh, the, the reason behind Tom Cruise not showing up. Not yeah. that I believe it, but it's fun. Yeah, it is a fun thing to uh, to imagine. And James yeah. Cameron wasn't there either, which, like, you know, he doesn't have to be there. And Kimmel had, like, a bit about that where he was, like, you know, hinting at the idea that James Cameron didn't come because he didn't get nominated and then being, like you know doing like a rip about how like arrogant he is which like yeah i mean (laughs) it's james cameron but um after that was the uh supporting categories which were presented by last year's supporting winners ariana debose and troy kotzer um from the hit movie coda uh and and from west side story in ariana debose's case but um yeah what a world like like how how just Obviously, there's a there's a large shadow cast over last year's Oscars, but there's even even ignoring that, there's just such a world of difference between the Oscars where Coda <laughs> swept the like for whatever awards it was nominated for, and this year's Oscars. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't imagine what it would look like to have Coda in the categories from this year. Yeah, I mean, like, even, and, you know, we both agree that there were better films in 2021 than in in 2022. But, um, you know, just, just like looking at these categories here, and it's a lot of like, there's a lot of goodwill behind a lot of the movies nominated this year. Like, like Coda... It, it Coda had its own little weird thing where like it came out in the summer and then just sort of last minute people were starting to pay attention to it and like it always had really strong reviews but just sort of sw- got under the radar there um so like like maybe I can see that happening but I just think like you know I mean obviously everything everywhere was such a juggernaut this year but also like it feels like every nominee was a juggernaut in a way like, like, like the idea of some little movie coming in and just upsetting like Top Gun Maverick. You can't imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was been a big year for the movies. Um, Ki Hoi Kwan won uh, actor in a supporting role for everything everywhere all at once. Uh, another expected win, but a pretty deserved one. I think. Seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a great speech. Yeah, yeah, and I I didn't feel um, particularly passionately about the other actors in uh, the best supporting actor category, and his speech was really lovely. Uh, yeah, just good heartwarming moment. Yeah, I think um, you know if I was looking at that category, like which was my personal favorite performance, I might say uh, Brendan Gleeson or Brian Tyree Henry, but like. In terms of like who should win the Oscar, you know, Kiyoi Kwan had like the journey <laughs> and the the revelation also. Yeah, it was a great journey, great story. The supporting actress category went to Jamie Lee Curtis, which was an interesting one. Yeah, and and also I felt like everyone I had talked to in the week before said, well, obviously she's winning, but without much enthusiasm. Uh, yeah. And she was also nominated against uh, Stephanie Sue from the same film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was your feeling between the the two of them? I agree. I think there's a there's a like very surface level. If you just look at it, these two gave performances in the same movie. Stephanie Sue had the meteor role and the meteor performance. And like, if you just which of these two performances is better? It's it's not much of a competition, but obviously there are other factors that go into like the the same way I was saying last time. You know, Brian Terry Henry had the best performance, but Kiyo Kwan should win the Oscar. I, you know, would probably give this to Angela Bassett, even though I was not blown away by that performance. She did the thing. She did the thing. That's true. I even might say that I liked the Jamie Lee Curtis performance more, but. You know, I think I think I think my idea of who has the arc there is Angela Bassett, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in everything ever all at once. Mm-hmm. I think it's wild, even though she's had like you know obviously this comedy and horror background. I do think it's wild that she's never even been nominated. Um, and Stephanie Sue has a, a bright future ahead of her. She sure does. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is coming back soon. That's right. The final season. The final chapter. 
I, Jamie Lee Curtis had a really good speech. I, you know, I like how she just comes out of the gate like I am hundreds of people, <laughs> and then sort of expands on it. I like that kind of speech. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I totally get why you know the one white cast member in the movie winning an award. I get why upset about it and feel that the you know relative to the stephanie sue performance she had less to do um yeah i i think it's a good performance i i i'm not upset about that performance winning an award yeah yeah no i i think you're right uh i would have given it to the stephanie sue performance uh but i if there was a little bit more Stephanie Sue character building earlier in that movie, uh, I think it would have been perfect. That, that's one of my big problems with the movie as a whole, but that's for later. I see that. It's also weird to me that like every time people are like praising the Stephanie Sue performance, they pull out that audition video that's just her doing like the generic supervillain stuff. Like, like, like the interesting thing about that role is the dual act of like being the supervillain and being the teenage girl and the like sort of middle ground there that i don't think the movie finds enough of that's sort of my problem with that performance but um you know the fact that she's sort of playing both of those roles in tandem is is the cool part and i think when people are just showing these clips like supervillain stuff it's like you know every you know there there's a, a whole type of actor who can do that performance and deliver that quality of performance absolutely um, the next award that was given out was a uh, documentary, which went to Navani as expected. Yep, it did. It sure did. Which <laughs> um, is a pretty good documentary. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I I didn't see it. It's a, a thing that sort of happens with every Oscar, where it's like it's it, it's less you know awarding the best and more awarding the thing that feels right to to give it to in in you know whatever the moment in time is which um i think a lot of these all quiet wins also maybe speak to that a little bit and and the everything ever wins frankly although that is a great movie and i think it's cool that it, it won all those awards but like yeah you know it it feels more like making a statement as a as an administrative body than it does awarding the best documentary yeah, and that's a lot of uh, what's happening. So it's it's funny to hear people get really um, sort of up in arms when, when we know what it is. And then the next award went to live action short film. It went to an Irish goodbye, the first Irish and uh, one of the few Irish wins of the night, actually. A lot of Irish noms, but only two wins, yeah. I think. Fucked up, but true. Um, I don't know that this is the one that, that should have won of the Irish. <laughs> uh, yeah i was i was texting a friend who said that uh everyone at his oscars party uh booed when that win was uh, announced i didn't know enough about the category and didn't see um irish goodbye yeah i did not uh see any of the shorts this year unfortunately um i like that they sang him happy birthday that that is cute that's about it there was the uh, Little Mermaid trailer drop. It's just so <laughs> dark and boring looking visually. I'm tired of realism. I want some magic. Yeah, I think the... Um, not that I think any <laughs> of these Disney remakes should be made at all. The David Lowry, Peter Pan one looks more interesting to me. Um, and I think this is going to be another test for Disney. Again, they've been, you know, taking L after L the last year or so. And this is their big splashy summer release that they've sort of been promoting for like three years now. The Little Mermaid live action. Lion King made like, you know, billion and a half. It was this, this, this colossal hit. If The Little Mermaid underperforms, it's, you know, another another huge loss disney obviously that's kind of what i'm hoping for <laughs> but i do think i do think you know to a certain extent every kid's gonna want to see this every parent's gonna take their yeah. kid to see it like i don't think i don't think it'll do like beauty and the beast remake or lion king remake numbers but it'll do numbers for sure and that's all they care about and uh, you know compelling star melissa mccarthy uh being ursula it's, it's all fun it's 
I'm sure people will go see it. The next award was cinematography, and it went to All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah. It was uh, the first uh, sort of charming German man of the night. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a, a real cavalcade. This one was actually James Friend. Oh, whoops. Uh, so, <laughs> but we'll we'll get to the, we'll hey, get to our German friends later. It was it was just a wash to me, um, but nice to see a friend win. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a friend. Um, I probably out of these nominees, uh, it's interesting. I think Elvis is one of the best looking movies in recent memory. I also think that. Bardo is incredibly well shot and Tar is incredibly well shot and Tar might have like the most memorable like like stick in your head kind of shots. Um but there's a lot missing from this category too. Um I, Roger Deakins shouted out the Batman which definitely had some of the strongest cinematography of the year. Uh Decision to Leave, there's a lot that's sort of absent here. Oh, Decision to Leave was gorgeous. I was a little surprised that uh uh Banshees didn't make it into this category. Mm. I yeah. thought that was a really gorgeous movie. Um Absolutely. Yeah, I I thought Elvis should have won. That's that's like most of what Elvis has going for it. Yeah. And they love a, a war movie. It's true. Clearly they do. The the when 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 All Quiet was sort of steaming through these technical awards, the the, the thought that I had was it would be so funny if the Netflix curse is finally broken by All Quiet on the Western Front beating everything everywhere all at once and two of the highest grossing movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be funny. Tragically, we didn't get that, but uh, we had a, 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 a strong hour of that same, like, three-note instrumental from all quiet on the western front playing yeah i really was like well now they're sort of on track there's no way that anyone else could win anything else uh right. is what it felt like mid show then there was the performance of this is the life from everything ever all at once with david byrne and stephanie sue in place of mitski yeah stephanie sue is not mitski um vocally speaking <laughs> It's true. It, it it's also true. felt like they had some some sound fuck ups uh, during that, like the model. It certainly felt that yeah. way, and of course there, there there is like the David Byrne element of it, where it's like you don't really expect him to be like traditionally in tune in key, all that. But yeah, yeah. But the, but they 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 seemed out of sync. Yeah, it it wasn't just like uh, art artfully discordant. It's a fun song in a, in a, in a weaker song category. I think that would have been a good win. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually there, there was uh, one thing earlier that we missed was the, the first performance, which was for applause, the Diane Warren, the token Diane Warren song <laughs> with Sophia Carson. Diane. Hard to believe. I forgot about that. <laughs> the, the, the performance was good. I just, I uh, feel sorry for Diane Warren. <laughs> Yeah, I like when Sophia Carson introduces her as 14-time Academy Award nominee Diane Warren. It's such a bizarre... Like, why do they... (laughs) They feel every year, like, Diane Warren always writes a song, and they feel every year like we have to nominate her, knowing that she's not going to win. Totally. She's just very competent, but that's... But it's also like the she wrote the um the 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 why did you do that do that do that she wrote that song from A Star Is Born she didn't get nominated for that she got nominated for a different song from a movie nobody saw so there's like there's like a tradition of it has to be from some obscure movie that no one has even talked about except for the Diane Warren Award <laughs> like like there's there's these weird rituals to it and it could just be that like the the music branch votes for the nominees and they you know diane warren just sweeps those but then when it goes to everyone else no one else cares um or but it's very weird or consider they're like oh shit we didn't even mention that movie uh diane warren do that yep slap it on there so uh kimmel brought out the donkey which was not actually jenny the donkey (laughs) that's so fucked up he thinks it was really fucked up scandal 
that that was like one of the one of the more fun moments of the show and then there was the makeup and hairstyling award which was presented by jennifer Connolly and samuel l jackson i haven't been shouting out the presenters otherwise but there you go um a strange duo which i'd like to see them do something together but um Connolly looked very good i like yes yeah. and that award went to the whale yeah i'm mad about that one like pretty bad <laughs> no definitely more mad about that than like brendan fraser's win uh, no yeah because like brendan fraser you know performed quite well but um it's just like wow it's amazing you can make a man fat like that's that's unheard of we couldn't yeah well what will they think of next yeah yeah um like an abhorrently fat phobic movie uh and hollywood saying thumbs up yeah it was also pretty wild that like you know the movie sort of like sort of like does the switcheroo of like the whale is referring to moby dick and then in 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 this part of the show, they talked about like transforming Brendan Fraser into the whale, totally undoing all that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really bad. And there were also fun, good nominees in that category. It's not like there was nothing. Oddly enough, that was the one that Batman got nominated for. <laughs> but like, that would have been good. And All Quiet was nominated there, too. It could have just, just swept him. I think I thought, like, Elvis was probably, probably should have won. But, like, I feel like I thought that Black Panther was going to take a lot of these technical ones. And I guess that, like, even the Academy can't pretend that they remember that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, I, historical costuming is its whole challenge especially when you're working from someone whose image is so ubiquitous and Mm -hmm. uh so many viewers of of the movie would be familiar with several elvis looks to like get that right is uh really incredible work yeah and i think from the makeup point of view like the subtle aging of elvis as the movie goes on is is like really like you know I'm, I'm being uh i'm being daft yep it's it's hard to apply the word subtle to that movie but like the the the, the way that they age up elvis and then like the the final when we see him on stage for the last time and it like cuts to the real elvis like it's really well done yeah the stuff they're doing with the colonel is next level yeah <laughs> Uh, never before seen technology there was also the the joke in the monologue where Kimmel said austin butler was so convincing as elvis still is uh, which was a pretty good one yeah uh the next award was for costume design it was presented yeah. by uh margot robbie and morgan freeman who's debuting a new bald with a mustache look that i think really works for him i like it i like it a lot yeah oh and that was black panther winning which that was one good. did go to black panther yeah but I really liked Elvis in that category, is what I was saying. Yeah, Elvis had incredible costumes, but uh, I think that's a decent win for Black Panther. That was a, that, I, I think I wanted that to go to Mrs. Harris, obviously. That was the only category in which she went to Paris. It's a it's a, it's it's a crying shame. They just don't uh, have respect for that for honest work of a <laughs> of an English um, maid. But yeah, you know Ruth Carter, obviously a legend. Yeah. Good one for her there. Good. Uh, well, there was also the tribute to Warner Brothers <laughs> that uh, that came before that. It's, I messed this up here. So Margot Robbie and Morgan Freeman introduced the tribute to Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they did. Um... And then costume design was presented by Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Paul Dano, where they had the great yeah. bit <laughs> where Julia <laughs> Louis-Dreyfus is like, Costume design is always presented by the most, you know, lovely and elegant woman in Hollywood. And then Paul Dano says, and Paul Dano. <laughs> Which is funny. He knows this place. The Warner Brothers tribute was very strange. <laughs> it was. Um, I, I don't know. Not not very necessary. Yeah. It would be funny if they also did like a 10 years of A24 <laughs> tribute. <laughs> I'd like to see it. Uh, after that was the Natu Natu performance, which was, I think, the highlight of the whole show. Great. There, yeah, yeah, there was no way that wouldn't be. Uh, even <laughs> dialed back, uh, like, 
several degrees. It's it's still so fun and bombastic and uh, beautifully coordinated. Yeah, and it's like you know, in a in a very again sort of stodgy upright show. That was a moment where they like themselves to have fun. Yeah. And just the all the, the they do the suspender stuff, and they have like the they 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 have like the setting of that um of that scene, which was filmed at at Zelensky's house, as I as as I like to point out. Um, and the yeah, I just feel like they really like just had like a microcosm of that scene, and really like just just drove it home. They didn't do any funny business. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just right. And then there was the uh, little clip about the Academy Museum, and then after that was the International Feature Award, which everyone knew was going to go to All Quiet on the Western Front. That one was presented by Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek Pino, who are just two of the coolest people in the world. Yeah, yeah, they really are. I just feel like Antonio Banderas, like, his voice performance in Puss in Boots is, like, crazy good, but, like... He just has the the most like evocative voice mm-hmm. in the world. I like to see his face too. I'll say it. Yeah, yeah, not not a bad one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it uh, makes sense that that one would go to All Quiet, given that All Quiet was also nominated for Best Picture. Uh, but looking at the others in that category, I don't think I saw the rest of them. There was uh, the Quiet Girl. Um, which I went to the theater the other day and they had postcards from it. So, so that was kind of fun. And it's, it's, uh, it's still on. I was thinking of seeing that this week. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Um, EO, which I also haven't seen, but I've heard is a, a delight. And there was uh close and Argentina in 1985. So yeah, I didn't see any of them except for all quiet on the West front, but I feel like something else probably should have won. <laughs> Just how I'm feeling. All Quiet isn't the worst movie. It's just like very plain. Yeah, I think the the problem with uh, adapting an iconic novel like that is uh, it's it's there's so much in there that's beautiful about language and subtlety and seems very boring in in film. Yeah, and it's a very like hit you over the head adaptation <laughs> it's not much compared to the book or the original film after that was the documentary short and the animated short which were presented by elizabeth olsen and pedro pascal uh those went to boy the mole the fox and the horse which had the other the other irish person if i recall and um the elephant whispers yeah haven't seen any other shorts but uh seems like that was a uh, Good win, I guess. Yeah, that's probably. As far as I know. Then you had Lady Gaga. Yeah. And what a performance that was. What did you think? Yeah, I, you know, I think she found, you know, she always finds a new way to, to like penetrate. I really did not expect that and thought it was really moving it was not like the 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 highest quality you know vocal or physical performance she's ever given but like there's this whole thing about how like she really wasn't going to the oscars and then it was like thursday night that she was like i'll I'll come she was shooting joker um but so the fact that she did this like crazy stripped down intimate performance of the song from Top Gun Maverick uh, is is just so classic and so camp in its own way. Um, and she just has this this such a raw performance vocally and physically that accompanies it. Like I thought it was great. Yeah, I love to see her dressed how I dress most days. Yeah, she's mother. She is. Then there was the production design category presented by Andy McDowell and Hugh Grant. Oh. Um and Hugh Grant was uh was in a bit was in a bit of a sour mood at the show from from what it seems. I love him. I love to see him be a bitch, but there there was a bit of a stir about him on the red carpet. Uh just you he's know kind of an old diva, yeah. He's he's a bit of an old diva. We love to see it. And like it was really funny in that red carpet moment. For for him to like, for him to say it's Vanity Fair and the interviewer to think he's, he's talking about the after party, like you you can't write that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, he got on stage just doing just doing. He was he's in uh, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre and 
now, which I saw. Oh, nice. And what'd you think? Uh, okay. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's not uh, top shelf Richie, you know, which I, I do still think he's capable of, even though it's been a few years. Um, but Hugh Grant is really good in it, and Aubrey Plaza is really good in it. Um, and yeah, there you go. I think it's a fun idea to put Aubrey Plaza in a Guy Ritchie movie. The winner of production design was all quiet on the Western Front. This is where we get our parade of, of elegant Germans. Yes, we do. Um, which one of them talked about his dog being in a hotel? Um, I think it must have been this one. It must have been uh, Christian Goldbeck here. That was a good, that, that was funnier than uh, most things. Yeah, it sure was. The next award was Original Score, which also went to All Quiet on the Western Front. It went to uh, Volker Bertelman. <laughs> that one I can't say I agree with. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of fun scores. Yeah, I mean, you know, Volker Bertelman, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, it's obviously talented, whatever. It's a, it's a very, like, in-your-face, you know, blunt objects kind of score, but, like, against Babylon and Banshees and everything everywhere, the Fablemans, like... You have, like, such a stacked category, I think, and, and that it just goes to, you know, brah, brah, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would have gone with the, the Fablemans for that. Um, just gorgeous. Yeah, I I probably would have given that one to Babylon, but I think that, like, a Carter Burwell win would have been cool. I think the Everything Everywhere score is cool. I think John Williams, 53 Oscar nominations, and he's won five, like you know stacked very stacked and then you know even if you're talking about like that kind of like blam score like the batman (laughs) (laughs) that's the one that sticks with you yeah well nirvana's not 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 there to accept that's true most credit (laughs) fair enough um elizabeth banks and uh the cocaine bear bless her give out the award for um visual effects um they did kimmel had a bit with the cocaine bear after that that made me think in the moment that matt damon was going to be in the cocaine bear costume and they didn't do that reveal but kimmel said that bit's not done yet and someone you know is in the costume and it's going to be revealed you know on the jimmy kimmel show sometime this week so i think maybe Matt Damon was or will be on the Jimmy Kimmel show in the bear costume. I'd like to see it. Uh, Was that when uh, Kimmel was talking with Malala Yousaf? Yes. In the show? Yeah. That poor girl. Doing like very cool and important work. And then I don't know to like to see that context. It's it it feels very exhausting. Um, Yeah. I think she gave a very good answer to the question. Um, And then the Malala Land joke was pretty terrible. Really bad, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Elizabeth Banks gave visual effects to Avatar, um, which obviously... (laughs) As he should. Yeah, nothing you can really do about that. Like, it's Avatar... Yeah, it's the way of water. It's you yeah, know, you an award should just go to the wettest movie. Amen. Maybe that's why All Quiet took some of these. <laughs> yeah, it's damp. Yeah, I mean, you know, Top Gun is the other one that has like cool, cool VFX stuff and a good mix of like CG and practical. But like, you, yeah, you can't not give it to, to Avatar. Next, you had Rihanna's performance of "Lift Me Up," which I also thought was very good. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. And it was her first yeah. time performing that live, right? Yeah. So pretty good. As yeah, really, <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing with the Super Bowl where it's like, it's not that she's, you know, physically performing so much, but just like, you know, the amount of like presence that she can have just standing there and singing. I feel like it might have been... It was it was some big award show last year where Reba did a performance where she was pretty much just standing still and singing, and I was just sort of blown away by like the power of her voice and how like magnetic she was just doing that, and that's sort of how I felt about this Rihanna performance. Yeah, great, uh, great fit too. Yeah, and a good like uh, staging there with the with the red sort of pattern backgrounds. 
Next, you had the Screenplay Awards, which were presented by Andrew Garfield and Florence Pugh. Classic British people. Love to see them. I think they're in something together that just got announced, but don't remember what. Uh, The Screenplay Awards went to Everything Ever All at Once and Women Talking, which again were the expected winners, but good wins. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. I guess the the disaster, just looking at it now, I guess the like worst case scenario for winners there would have been Triangle of Sadness wide on the Western Front. But like, yeah, I mean, these these were not bad categories. Yeah, no, you're right. Triangle of Sadness being the worst is like really not that bad. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, the other ones in that category are Tar, the Fablemans, Banshees, and everything everywhere. So like. Hard. Hard to lose. <laughs> Mostly like a really strong category. Yeah. I would probably have given it, I I guess, to Banshees because I think the screenplay is the thing that jumped out to me about that one. Mm -hmm. But it's also like Tar is such a good, such a good script. I would give it to Tar, yeah. Yeah. And Fablemans with fucking Spiel and Kush. Women Talking for Adapted makes sense to me. Um, Yeah. You know, the rest of them, it's like All Quiet, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun, like... Yeah, it goes to women talking. Um, after that was sound and original song, which were presented by Kate Hudson and Janelle Monet. This was, uh, you know, we were we were getting too pretty late <laughs> by this point. I think yeah. I don't really remember them uh, presenting, but sound went to Top Gun Maverick. That was sort of one of the points where it was like, oh, I guess All Quiet is not the um, is not just going to take the whole night. And song went to Natu Natu, which, uh, you know, best speech of the night for sure. Awesome speech. Absolutely rad. Yeah, I grew up listening to the Carpenters. Now here I am at the Oscars. <laughs> I like how that sentence makes the Carpenters of the Oscars the same type of object. <laughs> yeah. So great. Really good, really fun. Yeah, happy with that. And again, that is a pretty strong category. With your other than Diane Warren, you've got Lady Gaga, Rihanna, and the David Byrne and Mitski. So, you know, if not for Not to Not to, I'd be like, yeah. But um, it it had to go to Not to Not to, especially with RR not getting nominated for anything else. Yeah, that's that's messed up for sure. It is, yeah. And uh, sound going to Maverick, fine by me. I'm glad it didn't also go to All Quiet, even though that might be the one award that I would consider giving to All Quiet, but yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Then there was the In Memoriam, which was presented by a uh, very emotional John Travolta. Yeah, it's it's so, uh, it's so strange to see him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, he sort of doesn't make sense in any context. No, that's a very good way to put it. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz was performing for that uh, for for the in memoriam. There's a lot of controversy about the. They neglected to include like Anne Heche and Paul Sorvino and Albert Pion and like like a couple of big names did not did not make it in there. In memoriam, yeah. And you know the the thing that they say is that like they are bound to include people from every branch of the Academy in the in memoriam. And that requires them to sort of whittle down who's in there. But you know, you didn't have Anne Heche. <laughs> like, like it's a little wild. They didn't have Charles B. Dean who, who starred in the fucking best picture nominee. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. But good on Lenny Kravitz. Always love to see him performing yeah. uh, Calling All Angels. Love, love, love Len. Yeah, let, let, love, let, let Len live. Let love live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then you had Zoe Saldana and Sigourney Weaver presenting the film editing award. It went to everything everywhere all at once, of course. Yes. And and they had the hot guy who said it was only a second movie. You came up there and it was like, what are you doing in the editing booth, buddy? Uh, yeah, it could be in front of the camera. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, Zoe Saldana, my favorite dress of the night, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd have to think on that, but she definitely... I'd like to see it up close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good luck. Mm, hey, hey. I'm, I'm making eyes at the podcast. <laughs> you do the uh, audio description. Um, I liked... Yeah, I should think about that. I liked Jamie Lee Curtis's look. I liked um, Kate's look a lot. Uh, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to think about what my favorite was, but it was some good looks. There were a lot of like uh, high school prom color palettes going on. More, so yeah, returning to too. returning to the Dwayne Johnson <laughs> conversation. Yeah, and even the Daniels, I, I like their like coordinated look that they had, but um, and the shirt that we the the jacket that Dan Kwan was wearing that we initially thought said bonk and then bunk and it turned out to say punk. <laughs> I liked it as bunk more. Yeah. <laughs> Bunk. <laughs> um, yeah, they look good. Yeah. In terms of editing, you know, Elvis is kind of a <laughs> kind of a, a option in terms of editing, but um everything everywhere is a, a perfectly good win in that, obviously. Some really crazy stuff in it editing wise. I loved the like, you know, People point out these clips of like all the, you know, it's cycling through all these images really fast and people are like, well, anyone can do that. But it's like the way that like the lighting, you know, follows through all that. Like, like there's really crazy stuff that's going on with those shots. There is some beautiful continuity. And then uh, after that was Best Director, which was presented by Idris Elba and Nicole Kidman, another duo I'd love to see Whoa. in something together. She had a great dress too. She did. And I feel like Idris Elba and Nicole Kidman are two people who, you know, can give a very sturdy, uh, you know, very capable actors who do the work, but can also, like, get a little silly with it if you want them to. Yeah. I I, I think increasingly about Idris's... I mean, Nicole in The Northman would have been uh, one of my... was one of my supporting nominees... And I also increasingly think of uh, Idris's performance in 3,000 Years of Longing, I think is really yeah. good. So. That was totally one for me. It was, it was huge this year. Yeah. Yeah. You just, yeah. I mean. I like that movie more the more I think about it. It's so good. <laughs> it's bomb. Yeah. I need to see it again. Because I feel like, you know, it just sort of drops you into it. And obviously it's like within the, you know. It just sort of right out of the gate, Tilda Swinton's like seeing, you know, little ghouls at the airport and stuff. And so it just sort of like, it takes you a little bit to to like seed into it, but really special. They presented Best Director to the Daniels. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. I love the Daniels. They hey, they make good yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I liked hearing about all of the teachers that... Uh, changed his life that's uh that's really nice yeah that was i think that was the screenplay speech because the director's speech is the one where he gave it he gave it to all the mommies oh yeah <laughs> that's cool I, yeah that's I cool too it's fun to have to give several speeches where, where clearly one is prepared but <laughs> Yeah, I think we saw that in the Parasite year, too, where Bong just had to keep coming up and being like, okay, what else can I say? Very nice. <laughs> but we love to see it. I think that's a great win. Um, you know, Spielberg or Todd Field would also have been a cool win, but, like, really can't be upset about that one going to Daniels. Um, I'm a fan of their short film, Turned Down for What? And after that was the acting categories, which were presented by... Jessica Chastain, who won last year for the Eyes of Tammy Faye, to give you another indication of how long it's been since last year's Oscar. <laughs> oh, I've aged a million years. And uh, Halle Berry in place of Will Smith. You know, they don't like to say that they plan these things out this way, but I think there was an idea there of like, Halle Berry, the first, you know, woman of color to win uh, Best Actress and then handing it off to Michelle Yeoh. Uh, which did happen and was cool. It was. It was cool. Michelle Yeoh, great gown. Yeah. She looked great. And she, you know, great win, great speech. Uh, both of the acting speeches were, were very, you know, moving. Um, it was, 
you know, I think Fraser and Yo had great sort of just 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 narratives that they were building off of. Um, and and Fraser, like I said, I do think he's really good in that movie. I think it's a good performance. Uh, would not have given it to him. I would have given it to uh, our boy Austin, but <laughs> who would have given it to? Oh, uh, the Colin Farrell. That that was my uh, pick. Yeah, I mean Farrell's just incredible. <laughs> I, I I do think about that performance more and more. It only gets better. I yeah. Yeah, this you know this was a the actor category was the one where I, I love it if Butler wins. I love Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, Paul Mescal would be a cool win even though I didn't see the movie. Bill Nye oh, would yeah. be a really cool yeah. win even though I didn't see the movie. No, after Sun, he was really great. Uh, mm. Yeah, it was you know a, a very strong uh, first feature, but his performance is really the the takeaway from that. I feel weird about I I, I probably should see After Sun eventually. I what 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 feels weird to me is I hear like just effusive praise for it, but praise that feels kind of tepid in a way. Like like I feel like I don't understand what's good about the movie <laughs> after so much people praising it um it's it's conceptually cool but mm. to me it's 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 not a great film okay there you go um and then in the michelle yo category i do feel like cool win for michelle yo to me kate blanchett in tar is one of the best performances i've seen in my entire life oh my goodness absolutely just like she you didn't know. need another Oscar, and I think it's it's kind of antithetical to the the ethos of Tar to win Oscars. Um, True. So it's really good that it didn't. Also, it's weird that Kate Blanchett got nominated when Lydia Tar played herself. Hmm. Yeah, curious. So that's really strange to me. Yeah, I'm not sure why that. Maybe Lydia Tar had like a Will Smith going thing. She's like banned from the. Oh yeah, show no, or whatever. Banned from the Oscars, <laughs> right? But um, yeah, I feel like it's the same thing with the supporting category with Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue. If you're going just based off like strength of performance, you really can't beat Kate. But there are other factors that go into it. There's narratives. There's you know people's careers, and I think Michelle Yeoh is a really cool win. Love that. After that, there was the Picture Award presented by <laughs> the Picture Award. Presented by Harrison Ford, um, and it was supposed to be Harrison Ford and someone else, maybe Helen Mirren. So yeah, Harrison Ford presented Best Picture to Everything Everywhere Once, which was the expected winner, and I think a cool movie to win Best Picture. Really good movie in general. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, expected, and also just uh, what a sweet uh cast and crew to to watch win awards yeah and you know there's something very bizarre about the the reactions that this movie gets out of people (laughs) from both sides a little bit but i think there's a lot of you know i i I get the idea that it's like sort of a sort of a marvel-y kind of sensibility that people are put off by at this point but like to i don't know to be like this is what's wrong with with like this is the death of or something like i i find it very strange no weird hill to die on for sure yeah i i you know it's not like my favorite movie of all time it's not my favorite movie that was nominated but like <laughs> you know coda won last year <laughs> like, yeah, really... yeah it's a huge step up <laughs> But I mean, overall, that's sort of the interesting thing. I mean, A24 was the first studio to take all four of the acting categories ever, which felt like they like pulled off a heist. Like I really wasn't expecting that. Um, and A24 was the most most awarded studio of the night. And then, you know, everything everywhere winning. I think there's something really interesting just in terms of like Brendan Fraser and Michelle Yeoh, who, you know, 20 years ago were these like action movie stars being like the two oscar winners like dramatic role in terms of like who won this is a show that this is like a new beginning this is you know the the industry's changed and the academy is sort of like considering types of films and types of actors and types of directors that were you know seen as like not part of the club before 
um, for better or for worse, because I think there's there's an extent to which, you know, Maverick is okay, Way of Water is good, but, you know, I get it, but there, you know, it, there is sort of an uneasy back and forth there with, with the franchise stuff. But the other, like the sort of weird balancing act there, they're like awarding, you know, more international film, indie film, genre films. This is in a way, but not really the, like, like Shape of Water is really the first sci-fi movie to win, sort of classified as a fantasy sometimes. And so in a sense, this is the first sci-fi to win, but not really. But, you know, they, we, we're seeing this, this is a big shift. I mean, we're talking about how big a shift it is from last year, but at the same time, there's this retreat from the Will Smith thing, but also just from like declining viewership and stuff to want to deliver like a sturdy old school Oscar ceremony that I don't think is really what most people want to see. No, absolutely not. There's a certain extent to which, like, I like award shows, and I think a lot of people will watch award shows and then not like them. But, like, I I, I do want there to be, like, a, you know, I, I, I don't want everything to be so serious. I don't want every performance other than one to have to be, like, you know, the most dramatic uh, performance of the performer's career. I don't want, you know, everything to be so down. I just with like with like slime a few. Yeah, you can slime a few. Throw a little slime, make it a little more lighthearted. That's a good award show. Yeah, and I've really liked the Grammys in the last couple of years, bringing the humor, bringing the fun, bringing like what also like classic award show stuff that like respects the industry and other all the different parts of that. I'd like to see those sort of ideas brought to the Oscars, and I think they're trying, but they're a little too like it's the Oscars, so they have to be serious. Yeah, yeah. There's too much gravitas involved. But um, yeah, overall, I'm not too upset with the big thing is like, and I think we're like mostly in agreement about this, that like the three superlative films nominated, Banshees, Tar, Elvis, all went home empty handed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would I put Elvis on the same level as Tar and Banshees? (laughs) Probably not. But boy, did it deserve some of the uh, more technical awards. Yeah, I think that, you know... And, like, in terms of, like, what the Academy tends to like and what, you know, what Elvis did well, it's crazy that it didn't walk away with anything. And also Fableman's not getting anything. Like, like we're sort of of two minds about that, too. But it's it's more of, like, the type of stuff that, like, it, it, it's good drama and good, like, melodramatic performances and, like, really sturdy old school directing and, and scores and stuff. Like, I get that they're trying to... They're kind of trying to push away the old school a little bit, but like Fablemans is, is, you know, it's the kind of stuff that like you, I don't know. It's good. Fablemans is good. That's my take. But <laughs> Judd Hirsch, <laughs> all, all bangers. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch did a good job of making it seem like he was in more than one scene of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible uh, for, for what he was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great scene. And like, what I've heard is that like, at early screenings of that movie, you know, the Judd Hirsch scene happened, just get a standing ovation in the theater when, when, when he leaves. So like, you know, it makes sense that it got to that point. I mean, the SAG also nominated uh, David Lynch. I might like to see that, but. Interesting. Um, uh, so something that will probably go down as a good Oscar, just in terms of like, you know, because you'll look back on it and it'll be like there weren't any major malfunctions. There wasn't anything people hated. Most of the winners were good. Everything everywhere sweeping. And that's a movie that's definitely going to be remembered well as time goes on, I think. But um, just watching it uh, could have been better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, uh, three out of five night for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much go for that. So uh, that is our recap of the Oscars. <laughs> Um, it was a a mess show and uh, good wins for the most part. Uh, some some upsetting snubs there. Um, thank you for 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 joining me on another episode of Pulp Friction. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you to everyone who has been listening as well. If you like the show, you can like or subscribe or share or like whatever, follow, rate, whatever it is. It's available everywhere: Spotify, Amazon, Google, whatever. Um, you can share it with your friends, let people know you like the show. That's one of the best things you can do. Next time we are going to have a recap of the season premiere of Succession and then a recap of another season premiere that I don't want to share what it is yet. 
but that's all coming very soon. So that's what you can expect. I disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.